0: I would remind you that our God is not a predictable God. People want to put up the box. People want to say, well, God can only do this, and God can only do that. One of the critiques of the Hebrews was they limited the Holy One of Israel. You might tell me what I can or cannot do. Somebody else might tell you what you can or cannot do. But you better not try to tell God what He can and cannot do. Amen. The gap between God and man is so great. You just can't measure it. I heard on the radio that there's some rich folks They paid millions of dollars to go up. They're not even astronauts, but they trade and they paid the price so they can go up and travel in the International Space Station. And that's just something that orbits this little planet. But the God who made the universe, he didn't ask for our advice. Not long ago, Marsh and I were at a funeral for a fella who was an engineer. And some people just ought to know better than to make a crack like, yeah, he's up there helping the Lord design those mansions. What? Get real. Get real. We have an over exaggerated opinion of ourselves, and we think we're going to help the Lord out. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 the Lord says, For my thoughts, are not your thoughts. Neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens higher than the earth for my ways, higher than your ways, or my thoughts than your thoughts. We've been looking at that passage and thinking in terms of our great God. And we also, one more time for now, look at... Uh, Psalm ninety two, please. Verse number five. Oh Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. We've talked about the fact that God many ways many times he operates in a way that would seem impractical. Like the deal with the net versus the nets. Like the folks who walked about Jericho. We talked about how unlikely it may have seemed when certain happy accidents took place. Abraham's servant went and he said, Now, Lord, it would take me forever to try to find a bride for Isaac. (coughs) How about when I go for the water, I'll ask and somebody else will have a sign back. And just as the words were coming out of his mouth, ours is not a God who drops the ball. He's a God who is pleased to provide just in time. He may not come in the time you expect it. But it'll be at just the right time. Just the right way. Or a man who says, I got my bow, I got my arrow, I might as well let an arrow fly and wing it. That arrow found the mark and took out a wicked king named Ahab. It only took one arrow. But it was the right arrow, fired at the right time, the right target, and it found its mark. Or Peter, the fisherman. I like to talk about Peter because Peter was impetuous. Peter would open his mouth and do some things and then realize, I messed up. I got room to grow. I got things to learn. I can relate to him. I hope you can too. And when Peter said to the Lord, uh, uh, folks are asking about paying the taxes. Uh, how are we going to do that, Lord? The Lord says, go to the water. Throw in your hook first fish you catch open his mouth there's a coin Use just had to pay the taxes can he do that? he can and he does that's how our Lord operates and last week we talked from the 11th of numbers about how it is that the Lord does the unpredictable out in the middle of the wilderness the Hebrews they wind we need water God gave them water They want, we need food. He gave them food. He gave them angels food. But they said, we want some meat. Something we can sink our teeth into. And when Moses went to the Lord about that, he said, Now, Lord, I I think I know how you work here. You're you're, you're thinking plan A. Go with the land animals. That's okay. You don't have to do it that way. Uh, There's also plan B. You might talk about the water animals. And the Lord had a plan C. He gave them the air animals. He fed them the quail, the prairie chicken. I'd like to think I've saved the best for last because he doesn't just do the impractical, as Ben would call it, the unlikely, the unpredictable, Sometimes he does the impossible. We call that a miracle. You see, God's power is right now working or you couldn't breathe. Did you know that? Your food that you ate for breakfast is digesting right now by the power of God. The fact that things go on as they do are all a testimony to our great God. As Paul told folks in you know, a Greek city, He's the one in whom we live and move and have our being. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't do. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't go. Nothing would operate were it not for God. That's his standard operating procedure for God. But sometimes he does more than that which is a wonder, a marvel, a mystery. Sometimes he does something that is a miracle. It's an unusual demonstration of supernatural power. Turn with me please to Genesis chapter 18. I want to talk We're at the beginning of the message. Talk about the beginning of life. Now, all of us came in this world as a result of the process God has ordained. It's a marvel. It's a wonder. But the fact that God does that all the time in that way We recognize that it's God's power. But what if he did something that's an unusual thing? This is not the way that he usually does this. Only God can do this. With man, it is impossible, but not with God. So it says, Genesis chapter 18 God had promised an old man. You know, age is a funny thing. It creeps up on you. Friday morning, we left for Coweta, Oklahoma. And I was invited and blessed to preach at a Bible conference. It's great to go to a Bible conference, and it's a double blessing, not only to be preached to, but to have the opportunity to preach. And on the way back, I was just thinking out loud to Marshall. I said, you know, I preached at my first Bible conference when I was 18. I was the youngest preacher to preach. I preached Friday and Saturday in a Bible conference and I was the youngest preacher to preach. They weren't a lot older than me but they were older than me. It is a blessing. Our great God And my second favorite thing besides preaching is to listen to good preaching. I don't mind driving how many hours? Three hours? To hear good preaching. I would walk across the street to listen to some foolishness. And sadly, that's what some people have going on. In Genesis 18, we find that there's a woman and she's 89 years old. And her husband, pardon me, he's 89. Her name is originally Sarai, now Sarah. His name originally Abram is Abraham. And God has promised that a year from now, Abraham, you're gonna have a son, not an adopted one, like a servant, not one that came about because of your trying to wheel and deal, and you get an Ishmael, Abraham, your son by your wife. She's passed the years to have babies. Oh, it's a joy when we know that a a woman is expecting a child. Special prayers. There's a a special shine when a woman carries a child. And when the woman gets to the point where I'm, I'm past the childbearing years but I can rejoice with these younger ladies and we gentlemen, we we can be thankful for and lift up. But um, by the time you get well up there in years, you say, it ain't happening. And when the Lord indicated to Abraham, your wife, not a servant girl, is going to have your son. This isn't <clears> to <throat> be some adopted little fella. No, this is going to be your own son coming from the womb of your wife. Folks, that is a legitimate miracle. And we hear about things like that. Well, I just don't know about that. And that's how Sarah was. She heard... But she wasn't exactly walking in faith. We sing about walking by faith, don't we? Living by faith. Well, look, as I said in the 18th of Genesis, start at verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life, and long so thy wife shall have a son. She can hear that conversation. And she said, I don't think so. That's just wishful thinking. And Sarah heard of the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. She wouldn't be needing to make any little booties for her little ones. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. Oh, You're right. Say, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. And the Lord is there. By the way, if you laugh at what the Lord says, if you try to make light of what God says in His Word, I can't help you. Nobody else can. The Lord help you to let you know that even though some things are impossible with men, they're not impossible with God. He speaks and it is so. He spoke this world into existence. And He made the plants and He made the animals and He made folks such that their seed was in themselves. He hasn't had to recreate the plants because the seed was started and the flowers you see today, the trees, We talk about the birds, we talk about the fish, we talk about everything else. Every living thing is a descendant of something that God made with the capacity to reproduce from the beginning. God's not making a new species. God's not coming up with something new in the physical world. He did it and set it in place and it is a perpetual thing. Generation after generation. But when God is pleased to do something so marvelous, so fantastic, is anything too hard for the Lord? And that's a sermon by itself, isn't it? If you think that you can suppose a thing that would be too complicated for the Lord. You need to fix your thinker. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. Sarah shall have a son. Now, we don't like to get caught with our hand in the cookie jar, do we? We don't like to be found out with our sin. And so... When that word came down, Sarah immediately said, Oh, I didn't 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 laugh. Yes, she did. And Sarah denied saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. He said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Turn ahead to chapter 21. Now, the funny thing about laughter. We have a saying, He who laughs last, laughs best. You know who always gets the last laugh? The Lord. I want you to see that. In Genesis 21, the first six verses. And the Lord visited Sarah as He had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as He had spoken. He wasn't fooling around wasn't we just wishful thinking when he said that. He said, would it be something if... No, he said, this is going to happen. Better know that, lady. You're going to be given birth. You're, you're going to have a son to bounce on your knee a year from right now. And of course, to herself, I don't think so. Hey, I, I know how these things go. I've known a lot of women and I know a lot of stuff about... The way things are, and that just doesn't happen. Well, it doesn't by natural process. But we're talking about the God who can and does work miracles. Yeah. And so it says Sarah can see and bear Abraham a son in his old age, as very old her old age too, you know. At the set time in which God had spoken When God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know when it's going to happen? It's going to happen when God says it's going to happen. He used to work with a captain. And the first time I worked with him, I said, Captain, I've heard a lot about you and I'm ready to, to get to work. So please tell me where you want me to be and what you want me to do. And he says, I'll tell you where, when I want to, because I'm the captain. Okay, I, I know, you're, you're the captain, so so will you please tell me? I will tell you what I'm pleased to tell you, because I'm the captain. And you know, even I, you know, kind of thick-headed, it's sunk in after a while, he, he's the guy in charge, And you know who's really in charge? It's God who's in charge. He might not tell you today. He might not tell you tomorrow. But if he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And don't tell God he has to conform to our impressions, our expectations. Dear lady, we do in Memphis. So I'm getting married and and oh, the weatherman says it's going to rain. Lord, I really hope you won't say anything. Just, Just let me get let's get us in the church house and you can have a downpour and stop it so we can get to our cars and then go out and, and, and this is the way we want it Lord it doesn't always work the way you want it doesn't always work the way I want you don't put God in the box and Abraham called the name of his son that was born to him whom Sarah bare to him Isaac and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old as God commanded him And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah gets to thinking, God has a sense of humor. He gets the last laugh. Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. One man has said that when she first heard it, as we read the 18th chapter, she laughed with derision. I don't think so. What a joke. I'm going to have a baby at my age. But now she laughs with delight. That's the way the Lord works. Our New Testament tells us the Lord speaks of things that are not as though they were because he makes the difference. He makes it happen. We don't make it happen. It's the Lord who makes it happen. The guy puts a bumper sticker on his car and says, God is my co-pilot. Somebody else puts one. God is the pilot. I'm just going along for the ride. That's where I am. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, there was another man way up there in years the child of Abraham. His name was Zacharias. And he racked up some years. And he had a bride named Elizabeth, and she'd racked up some years too. And they hoped for a child, but God hadn't been pleased to bless them that way yet. God had a message from Zechariah. Start reading at verse 17 of Luke 1. This is God's messenger giving the word to him about this one who would come. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias. This by the way, talking about the parents of John the Baptist. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children the the wisdom, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah, are you talking to me? I'm this old man. And Zechariah said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my, wealth, my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee the glad tidings. But you know what? Zacharias is thinking, I'm not so sure. I just don't know. That's what you say, but I think we'll see. Yeah, you will see, but not only will you see, you're not going to say anything until this child is born. People are going to know that you've been in the presence of a heavenly messenger you have a message, and if you have any doubt about it, you just better not say anything. You won't be able to say anything. That's By the way, it says they're dumb. You read the Bible, so-and-so was dumb. Doesn't mean they were stupid. Means they can't talk. They were silent. They open their mouth and nothing comes out. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And so he gets this message from Gabriel. And when he comes out to the people, Zacharias, what's going on? What's the word. I'll tell you what, you want to see frustration you look at a preacher and he has to shut up. Right before I went to the Navy, I went to a doctor and he said, you have edema on the vocal cords. What's the treatment, doc? He said, I'm not going to give you any medicine. I'm just going to give you an instruction. For the next six weeks, shut up. Oh, doc, you don't understand. I've I teach. I preach. Not for the next six weeks. And if you can't do that, find you another doctor. And that was a challenge for me. Yes. <laughs> it really was. We said because a lot of times in the service I mean, I haven't always been soft spoken. And I haven't always been quiet when I sing. And Washington <clears throat> would play and people would sing and, and I found I could whistle and it didn't bother my vocal cords. People, who's that whistling in church? That's air or whatever. It's the only sound I can make without fouling things up. And uh, I learned to points. I learned to right on a pad like Zacharias did when he came out and he wrote something down. and he, when they said what are you going to call this baby? he wrote down, he'll be called John John, what kind of name is that? what's, what's going on? say something Zacharias and he does it until the child's born and then the Lord gives him his voice back and he uses his voice to praise God that's what we ought to use our voices for Lift up your voice and sing. Let all the people say Amen. And you go to a ball game and cheering on this, yelling about that. You go somewhere else and nobody has to wonder what your opinion is because you tell them all the time. But what should be on our lips? We think of our great God. We speak of our great God. And it's also in this chapter there was a female relative of Elizabeth and her name was Mary. <coughs> Drop down to verse 30. Because God likes to use angels sometimes. You know, by the way, the word angel means messenger. In a sense, I am an angel because... I'm telling you what God has said. And anytime you have a message of truth, of hope, of peace, of comfort, of rest, you too serve as an angel. So be an angel. You got enough devils out there. Be an angel. And the angel said unto her, "Fear not, Mary, for thou art favor with God." And what does he say? Verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive and thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, you dropped down to verse 34 and she says, I, I haven't been with a man. That, that can't happen. That would be impossible. And the angel told her, it's the Holy Spirit who will come upon you. That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Many women have given birth to many sons, but none of them were the Son of God save Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. When Eve gave birth to Cain, you know what she said? I've gotten a man from the Lord. Uh, but Cain wasn't very godly, know. one. A very special son. We, children of God, we're children of God by regeneration. We're children of God by adoption. But Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. No one else. Never has been one. Never will be one. Never could be one. So we talk about the beginning of life. And then very quickly, I want remind you about the end of life. You see, God is the author of life. He is the giver and the taker. As Job said, the Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Are you there in your mind, in your heart? In Genesis 22, that same child given to Abraham and Sarah, this child of promise. God says in the 22nd of Genesis, you take your son, your only son, Isaac, the one you love, and you sacrifice him. Abraham didn't say, I don't think so. Uh, You gave us this son and I'm not giving him up. No. He was willing. They had the fire. They had the rope. They had the knife. And he leaves Sarah behind. And he leaves the servants behind. And he and the lad climb to that place. In his mind, he had a sacrifice. You see, his purpose was to obey God. And his faith was such that God was able after he plunged the knife into his chest, after he had burned the carcass, that God could and would raise that child from the dead. He was determined to do... You see, some people... I believe this, but, but not that. We read this morning in Sunday school about the fellow who said, Lord, I believe, Blessed Help my unbelief. We're a mixed bag, aren't we? We believe some things. That's easy to believe. This kind of, sort of, and this, I don't think so. Abraham went all the way with the Lord. He had a whole heart to serve God. And that's the ideal for us. Don't be a chicken when it comes to serving the Lord. Whole hearted faith. Our confidence in God should be likewise demonstrated. You see, when you truly believe in the Lord, when you truly understand that He is God and there is none else, to obey means you do what God will say. You say, well, I don't understand it. Do it anyway. We took up an offering. Brother, do you happen to remember how much it was? $1,125. $1,100 plus dollars given by faith. It didn't drop out of the sky, now it We were moved to give. We did something by faith. But who gave us the money? Who gave us the bodies to make the money? The minds to to do what we did. To bring us to this place and to be moved to do. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. I hope you give cheerfully. Because if you give, you might as well say, I'm giving for the right reason. I'm giving to a good cause. And we're thankful for our great God. Sometimes people... Just want to go through the motions. I read about a man who sent his dog to obedience school, and all the dog did was lay around and sleep, and get up every once in a while and eat and drink some water, and go out to the yard and come back in and lay back down and sleep. So he sent the dog to obedience school. The dog came back, and he said, "Let me show you. I sent my dog to obedience. I spent good money for this. Okay, Rover." Sit up! And Rover didn't lay there. Okay, Rover, uh, sit up and beg, and he just lay there. And every command he gave, the dog just lay there. He said, Let me show you what he's really learned how to do. Rover, lay there and ignore me. See how well he obeys. Don't be like Rover. Obey. Hear what the Lord has to say. He is the one who does those things which seem impractical to us. They might be unlikely to our way of thinking. They might come across as unpredictable. They might even seem impossible. But that's the God we have. He hasn't changed. He is still that great God. And I'll tell you something else. He's still in the business of saving souls. Those of you who know the grace of God and the free pardon of your sin, I hope you never get over that. I hope you still thrill. I hope you can agree with the songwriters, All the Thrills My Soul is Jesus. But some of you may not have been touched in that way. Some of you may not have had your eyes open, your heart pricked, your ears opened. May the Lord be pleased to use our testimony, our encouragement, our prayers. Because I can't save anybody. This church can't save anybody. We look at uh, our statements of faith that we put up. The statement of faith doesn't save anybody. No. Jesus Christ, the great Savior. You look to Him. You rejoice in Christ Jesus. And don't put any confidence in the flesh. You can't do it. You won't do it. I can't do it. I won't do it. But God can. Look to Brother Dan, please do this.